Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. You're listening to Feminists Don't Wear Pink, the podcast, based on the book Feminists Don't Wear Pink and Other Lies collection of writing by 52 women on what feminism means to them. I'm Scarlett Curtis. I'm a writer, activist, journalist, and very, very proud feminist. I'm also the curator of this book and the presenter of the podcast. During this series, I'm going to be talking to a few of the amazing contributors who've written our book to find out how they found their feminism and some of the lies that they've been told about what it means to be a woman. Sadly, this is the last episode of season one of our podcast, but our final guest is a really good one who almost needs no introduction. Zoe Sugg is one of the most followed people on the internet and one of the loveliest people in the world. She has zillions of subscribers and has had billions of views, but the reason that people connect with her every single day is her honesty and all-round niceness. Zoe has always been a hero of mine. When I felt at my most alone, struggling with my mental health, Zoe did an incredibly brave thing and opened up online about her anxiety. Her honesty truly made me feel less alone and like millions of others, I've been in awe of her ever since. Alongside her amazing work online, she's built an incredible empire and is a truly inspirational businesswoman. I talked to Zoe at her office in Brighton and was fascinated by everything she had to say about business, work and the internet. Before we go into my interview with Zoe, I wanted to say a huge, massive, ridiculous thank you to everyone who has subscribed to and listened to this podcast. When we published Feminists Don't Wear Pink, I knew that every single woman in the book had so much more to say than simply the words they wrote in their essays. And this podcast has been the most incredible way to take the book further and very selfishly just a way for me to geek out about feminism for an hour every week. We're taking a very short break before launching back into season two, where we're going to be taking our conversations around feminism even further and talking to some amazing women and maybe even some men who weren't in the book, but who definitely have a lot to say about what it means to be a feminist. Before we go, I wanted to read a quick quote from one of my favourite writers of all time. Adrian Rich was an American poet and feminist academic, and this quote comes from her essay, Notes Toward a Politics of Location. We are not the woman question asked by somebody else. We are the women who ask the questions. Trying to see so much, aware of so much to be seen, brought into the light, changed. 
breaking down again and again the false male universal, piling piece by piece of concrete experience side by side, comparing, beginning to discern patterns. I think more than anything, this is what I was trying to do with Feminists Don't Wear Pink and what we've hopefully been trying to do with this podcast. We've been trying to find the links between definitions of womanhood and a cohesion by which to describe what it means to be a feminist in 2019. But we've also been trying to show that there isn't one way to be a woman or one way to be a feminist. All I have ever really wanted to be is a woman who isn't afraid to ask the question. To question why society has to be the way it is and to ask other women about their experiences in order to better understand the world. If you liked our podcast or you liked the book or even if you're just listening to this podcast because you like Zoella and are hoping you might get some makeup tips, all I want to say is ask the questions. Be that woman. Question everything and then try to change the bits you don't like. I think really, for me, that's all feminism is. Um, hi Zoe. Hello. Welcome to our podcast. Thanks for having We're me. We're here with a lot of dogs, which is my favourite way to be. We do have a lot of dogs here. Um, I kind of wish I brought my dog. Although I'm not sure my dog actually is a feminist. She's quite mean to other dogs, especially female dogs. To be fair, Nala is a little bit like that too. Yeah, I know. I think it's especially if they're like the only dog, they get a bit proprietorial. <laughs> um, so, my first question is, are you a feminist? Oh. Oh. Nala. Oh. Well, Nala <laughs> is. <laughs> Um, she wants to sit on my lap. You're so naughty. Okay. Um, my first question for both of you is, are you a feminist? I am a feminist. Amazing. And Imagine if I said no. What I know. Would you do? <laughs> One day someone's going to say no and I'm going to be like, ha. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe you wrote in the book. I know. No, I'm really not. I really thought you were asking me something else. <laughs> um, when did you first realise you were a feminist? I think I've always been a feminist, but... The word feminist, I'd never heard of before. We were literally talking about this in the office earlier. Probably before about 2013. I'd never heard of the word. Did your mum never talk to you about it growing up? No, no. What do you think it was that made you first identify? Well, what was it in your childhood that you think made you a feminist even though you didn't know the word? I think... For me, I've never seen boys and girls as different. Like, even in school, I would have guys as friends. And so many people found that very odd. It was like, yeah, but you do like each other. Like, boys and girls can't be friends. And I'd be like, yes, they can. Like, my mum would be like, oh, so do you like each other? I'm like, no, we're just friends. And we get on on the same level as if this guy was a female. It's like, it's no different to me. Um, And I've always just seen... Yeah, I think, I don't know, it's hard one to try and explain because it wasn't ever something that was like in the forefront of my mind, but I never really, I never knew what that meant to be a feminist. Completely. And then what was it that made you first like identify with the word in 2013? I think being in the career I'm in and how big social media got and everyone like having that conversation and kind of being able to be like oh I'm the same and I I love women and I want to support women and shout about women and all the amazing things they do and also I think at times I would have loved to have felt that same like acceptance from other people especially doing what I was doing yeah um but yeah I think for me this was something else I wanted to ask you which kind of ties in but for me 
weirdly I would say feminism for me was kind of a form of self-help mm-hmm. like I think I didn't know it when I was younger but a lot of the stuff that made me anxious and made me nervous was kind of tied to insecurities or feeling like I was less than do you think discovering that and like becoming more empowered helped you be less anxious I think so hugely like to feel like what's the word I'm thinking of Mm. (laughs) (laughs) he wants to leave now (laughs) I've lost my train of thought Um, Um, so your piece in the book is one of my favourites I say that about most of them but I do really love your piece (laughs) and I think it's the most it's very unique in the book because you talk the piece is called 10 things I've learned running my own company and you talk about this kind of area of feminism which is women in work and women as bosses and I think when I was growing up, it's funny because I don't, I was the same as you, like I didn't really identify with being a feminist so I was much older, but I don't, I didn't really know any women that ran their own businesses. No, but I don't think I thought that I couldn't. I just thought, I, I don't know what I thought. It's funny how you like look back and you're like, that's really weird. Why didn't I like pick up on it earlier? But did you ever dream you would run your own business? Um, no. Being able to run my own business was never something that I thought that I would even like consider doing mm. because it seems like such a huge, I don't know, something that's like so out of reach and also just so hard to do. Um, and, you know, like growing up, it was so like men are like doctors and policemen and firemen and women are the nurses and... Um, you just don't I don't know growing up I just never put like a woman as owning their own business it was always like oh like a big scary man or like someone who was so like unattainable I think and then it's only as you get older and also I think one of the amazing things about social media has been being able to see so many other people doing a similar thing like for a while it was very um kind of comforting for a lot of people to see so many uh, people going self-employed or like quitting the jobs that they thought I'm going to have to stay in this job forever yeah. and thinking actually no I can, I'm going to try something else because there's a platform of people that are talking about like oh I'm going self-employed and they're like oh maybe I can do that too and I think it's a similar thing where you can see other women doing so well it's almost it's really encouraging is there anyone in particular who inspired you um, obviously, my my mum has always been like self employed, and she's always done things for herself, which I think has helped me in thinking, okay, well, if my mum can do that, yeah, like she ran her own like nail technician business. That's so cool. Um, and I loved that she did that because I was like, oh, she's got like all the power, and she can choose like her hours. And mm. when I used to work in retail, I used to think, oh, I really, I'm not sure I like working for someone else. Like yeah. I just <laughs> want to be my own boss, but I didn't ever contemplate how I could get there um so yeah no I think my mum was probably a very big influence for me I think we definitely have this idea about people that run businesses or CEOs as you do have to be this like scary man and you have to shout at everyone that works for you and you have to be really like I don't know just outgoing and confident and scary have you found that actually you can run a successful business but not be like that yeah well I'd like to think I'm not (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, no, I'm horrible. Yeah, I'm actually really awful. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's more just about knowing what you want. And I guess some people have their way of getting that. But for me, it's not about kind of asserting like mm. authority over people. It's more just working together to create what it is that we all want. Yeah. And putting in a nice environment that people can like feel that they can interject with ideas or get really creative I think that for me is the most important thing is making people feel like they're part of a team and that they can express themselves how they want to and I just think if you're going to be big and scary no one's going to want to do that yeah I also think I always think it's like I think sometimes like early on in the in feminism we had this idea that women needed to be exactly like men to get the things that men had. And I remember seeing it so much with female, like film, with just film directors, because that was kind of the world I grew up in, where, you know, I always saw a film director as a, firstly as a man and also as really scary and kind of loud. And then I thought, oh, if a woman wanted to be a director, she'd have to be the same. Mm-hmm. And then actually, I remember going to a film set with a female director on, and it was so calm and quiet, and they were getting all the same things done. But everyone just had this completely different vibe about them. And it's that thing of realising, actually, maybe there are things that women can bring to these jobs that are, are different from a man, but yeah. almost work better. Yeah, a different approach. Yeah, completely. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And actually, maybe that's like where it's not like we have to replicate exactly what they've done. Um, do you think you're ever treated differently as a woman running your own business than you would be if you're a man? Mm, it's hard to tell. I think, I don't know. No, I think it is mostly just about the individual and the approach you have like me and Alfie both have very different approaches to things yeah. sometimes um yet I don't feel that people would take him more seriously than me mm. I don't know I guess it depends on what it was we were both doing yeah completely but, yeah I think something else that we're told a lot about being women is that we all have to be competitive mm-hmm. with each other and especially in the industry that you're like in social media or just any kind of creative thing there can definitely be that competition did you ever feel competitive with other people doing the same thing as you I think sometimes you can fit you can compare yourself a lot yeah. it's probably not competitiveness because I'm not really that competitive apart from like board games <laughs> um but in terms of the like kind of the career I was very of the mindset of kind of like focusing on what I wanted to do and not really looking too much at what everyone yeah. else was doing because especially in a creative job it can be so overwhelming to start looking at what everyone else around you is doing and I hate those feelings of like oh I'm not as good as this person yeah. or oh I need to have more stats or likes than this person because it can be such a like downward spiral um so I think but then I also do think it's quite healthy to like take a little peek at what everyone else is doing every now and then yeah um but I wouldn't say competitive because I really hate that when like women get like pitted off against one another or like made out like even now in like traditional like media and press yeah they'll always focus on like a woman's feud and I'm like why do they still do that I know I I always think about it with reality tv where like the basis of reality tv was always like cat fights and like you never got like a man fight (laughs) 
<laughs> man feud yeah and, and stuff like that still happens and I'm like I don't know I just I don't know it's, it's just not a nice way to look at yeah it, especially in this industry where it's all about like followers and likes and you're all kind of doing the same thing it can be so easy to get really bitchy and I'm sure it does in some areas but I never want to be like a part of that but I think that's why you're so like rare I mean it's gonna sound like I'm rare. just gushing, but <laughs> I think you're really rare in that and really amazing because you I mean I've known you for a while and like followed you for a while and you support other women just other people mm-hmm. in your industry so much yeah in a way that I think is really unusual did yeah did you ever did you notice that as being unusual did it just come to you naturally it just comes to me really naturally like we were looking back at like some of my old posts and even back in like 2009 I was telling people like go and follow this amazing blogger she's fab like I really love her stuff I think a huge part of doing this is to celebrate other people and where they're doing really well because somewhere like the internet it's so easy to get lost in so much content like everyone is posting now it's nice to be able to recognize the people that I've been enjoying and share them with the followers I've got because mm-hmm. they deserve more eyeballs on them and I just think it's the least I can do is to share things like that you're basically just like a natural born feminist it's amazing <laughs> <laughs> um I think sometimes people can be quite critical of the internet and social media when it comes to young girls and there's a lot of kind of debates and feminist stuff about like whether it's good or bad for young women and I have found it incredibly helpful and like I think I discovered a lot of my feminism online and you know the only when you look through my social media feed the only people I follow are like weird feminist artists or like (laughs) body positivity people um how have you do you see both sides or how have you made your social media a positive place I I agree that I think it used to be a much more positive place and I think people had a lot more to learn from each other Um, and now it's so huge that not everything is as positive Mm. Um, and I do think had I learnt more about feminism and followed more like incredible people with incredible stories when I was a bit younger I think it would have been so helpful like I think it's great that young people have access to be able to see so much and learn so much mm. um sorry Nala is snoring on my lap um and I think for me it is about kind of tailoring what it is you see and yeah. what what feels positive like I always have like moments where I go through my Instagram and I think "Mm, I'm not really like getting anything from this I think if a post is making you feel anything but positive then you have every right and all the control to be able to mute or unfollow and I think that that is really healthy um, especially for teenagers who feel like they need to be following like everyone and there's so much content and you have no control half the time about what is pushed out to your feed and it's there, it's in your hand and it's on your phone Um, and once it's in your mind, it's there forever Um, so I definitely am an advocate for making sure everything you're following is bringing something to your life in a positive way and if it isn't, then get rid of it I love that and I think it's particularly important for girls because there just are so many things that if you're exposed to it, it can just make... that. No matter how strong you are, your brain starts going like, why don't I look like that? And why yeah. am I doing that? Um, and anything you can do to kind of get that out. It must be so hard for teens now 
because like I didn't have obviously you didn't have social media in school and there wasn't anything for you to really compare apart from your friendship group there was nowhere else to compare kind of what did you want to do as a career or you know how many likes you can get or if you're wearing like the newest coolest clothing and now it's so easy to be able to compare yourself at such a young age that is I can honestly think of nothing worse it's so mad yeah but I do also think there are pluses like we kind of made made this book for teenage girls as this kind of first step into feminism and I think I've spent the last years working with like teenage feminist activists and you kind of go in there thinking they're gonna you're gonna be like teaching them something and then you end up leaving and being like oh my god they know so much more than I do about all of this and like they're all so well but like all the we got there's 10 teenagers that wrote in the book and we kind of when we got their pieces we were like oh so they're cleverer than everyone else (laughs) this is mad you've been kind of communicating with young girls online for like almost a decade yeah a decade in february mad Mm -hmm. that's very cool um have you seen a change in terms of feminism or just attitude or positivity among the girls that follow you a hundred percent i think in at least in the last three years there's there's definitely been so much more kind of people wanting to make a change and also acknowledging where change can be made and I think before that I never really saw it much so and even for me to learn more about it in like 20 I was 23 so you know it's definitely people are talking about it more and like you said everyone is so much more educated from such a young age it's so mad yeah like it makes me just think what are like the 13 year olds in 20 years gonna be like i always think about that i'm like they're gonna be incredible i know we're gonna feel so stupid (laughs) (laughs) they're gonna know everything um yeah i completely agree is there one issue that like if you could really get behind one thing do you know what it would be i think it would just be how people used social media interesting i just i having been there for 10 years i can see the difference in how people communicate with each other and sometimes it is obviously it's a massively positive place being able to meet like-minded people and have great discussion and talk about things that you might not have ever spoken about or learned about anywhere else Mm -hmm. but at the same time I think it's become so normal that a lot of people have lost quite a lot of empathy with how to speak to one another yeah because there's not that kind of repercussion of if you say something that you probably shouldn't there's no one there telling you you shouldn't yeah and it just becomes quite normal and I've seen that a lot more recently where people are getting kind of more affected by the way in which people speak to each other because there's having like a nice debate or a discussion or talking about something in like a nice kind of critiquey way then there's also just being nasty and I think sometimes those things cross over and I can totally see how that also affects how especially younger people use the platforms because it's it can be kind of soul destroying especially if you're trying to open up about things or share an opinion i don't know i think if i could change one thing it would just be how people speak to one another completely i wish everyone had to say out loud the things that they say online yeah for sure or like be sat opposite the person that you're writing it to how do you because we get i get this a lot with a lot of the like girls that open up about feminism online will ultimately end up sometimes getting negative feedback how do you protect yourself from that those comments 
It's really hard. I think for a very long time, I sort of stopped having as much of an opinion. I found that it it silenced me a bit more. And then this year I was like, no, I'm not gonna let it do that to me. And I'm just gonna think, fuck it. And I'm just gonna post what I want and not care so much. But it can be quite suffocating to feel like you can't share that opinion because you're worried about what people are gonna say back to you. And I think at the end of the day, as long as you're not being negative or saying something that's really awful and you're not saying something that is going to get a lot of backlash kind of on purpose it's hard to navigate sometimes yeah but everyone's human and you know you just I think I don't know I I think social media is such a great place to be able to share that stuff that ultimately people should feel like they can yeah and I also find sometimes just as long as you're sure of what you're saying I yeah. think it helps and you get that amazing feeling from feeling like you've shared and then sometimes when you get the stuff back you don't care as much because you're mm. like at least I was honest yeah. and at least and you're always going to get people that don't agree with you and that's fine because yeah. most people know that everyone has a different opinion on everything it's just about how people share that opinion yeah. completely yeah going back to business how do you find managing people because that's something I think I kind of grew up with this idea that women shouldn't be assertive or and you write about this in your piece but there's you know this idea you say it in your piece so well but like from zero to Miranda Priestley where like mm-hmm. the second you say something you feel oh my god there are so many dogs here, it's amazing. <laughs> um, the second you say how you feel or say something negative or ask someone to do something you're just being a nightmare mm. how have you like managed that I think I'm very lucky in that the team I work with know me very well so they know if I'm a bit quiet about something I'm thinking about it too much or it's upsetting me and I don't have like a short fuse. Like I don't, I don't know. I could never speak to, I speak to people how I would want to be spoken to. And I always want people to feel comfortable. So I've always got that in my mind. So when it comes to like managing someone or asking someone for something or making sure something's done right, I'll always do it in a way that I feel comfortable with. And that will ultimately get whatever I need done. But at the same time, I'm very aware that like they have feelings and they have things they're going through so I think I don't know I have quite a lot of empathy I'm like a sponge and I soak in like everyone's emotions which is good and bad (laughs) definitely I yeah I've had problems with that too do you think that ever holds you back do you ever wish you could just be like get this done now Mm, I think sometimes I've definitely gotten better but I used I like used to be awful so I would never I used to have meetings and I would mentally make a note of everything I didn't agree with in the meeting and then I would come out and I would say to Maddie my manager like oh I wasn't sure about this or this or this but I would never be able to say it to the people we were having the meeting with because it was so out of like my comfort zone to start with I was going to all these like huge meetings and I'd never been to meetings before or had to do meetings or had to like make these big decisions and obviously having anxiety I in my head I'm like just get through the meeting just get through the meeting stay in the chair you can't leave but actually and actually over time I've been able to like really get into the meeting and think I'm gonna say it now because it's helpful for everyone yeah if I'm not sure about an idea or I'm not sure about this concept it saves a lot of time just being like oh actually I'm not sure about that but also it doesn't mean you're being difficult or rude it just means 
you want the best product or you want kind of a good outcome from the meeting and you're just saying what you think and that's the whole reason for having the meeting in the first place so I definitely got a lot better at that and I've built confidence over time but it didn't come naturally (laughs) so interesting and I think so many young women have that same experience where you just feel like you have to please everyone and say yes to everything yeah and I even used to have it where like and I was saying this to Holly the other day like I will say yes to something when I know I can't make it like an appointment or a meeting or something and I'm like I know I have something in my diary then but the feeling of saying no to someone is so out of my comfort zone and scary um but you do kind of have to train yourself and also anyone that sees you asserting opinion as bad yeah they're the one in the wrong yeah you I think (laughs) it's the thing if you could give yourself one piece of advice when you were just starting out in business what would it be I think to have more confidence in myself sometimes I would doubt myself or doubt my abilities or think can I do this should I be doing this Um, and I think had I had a little bit more confidence in myself back then I might have felt a little bit more like I was owning it a bit more rather than a lot of the time I just felt like I was kind of fluking it and I was like winging the whole thing but actually I wasn't and I was working really hard to do it and I should have just taken more ownership of that and had a little bit more confidence in myself I think yeah I think that's so familiar to so many people like so often so many girls that I talk to have such bad imposter syndrome yeah imposter syndrome just that feeling like oh I got lucky or I got it because of the way that I look or someone that I know and actually it's really hard to have that confidence that you because that's you having to say like I earned this yeah just such an unnatural thing I think especially for a lot of women to feel yeah for sure so I would have yeah I think that would have been my one piece of advice is just like own it sooner (laughs) (laughs) enjoy it yeah um you're a role model to a lot of young women which is a weird position to be in do you ever feel that pressure sometimes I think when you think about the scale of followers it can be quite daunting because you just think oh my goodness each one of these people has a different they want something different from me and I'll never really truly know what that is and I'm such a people pleaser like I hate the thought that I'm ever going to do anything that's like out of line or someone's going to hate me for something yeah um so sometimes it can be quite daunting to think you know I can't take a step out of place or say something that is going to be offensive to anyone um but I kind of stopped myself because the whole time I've been doing this, I've been very um, vocal about the things I'm passionate about and just keeping it very real. And if I was to kind of change that because I was thinking too much about, oh, I have to be a good role model, then it's not really being true to myself. Yeah. Which again can be like so suffocating and make you feel like, oh God, who even am I? So... I sort of know it's a thing, but I don't acknowledge it in that way because I think it would change how I was. Yeah. So I try and keep it as like, I don't know, me as possible. And it's weird because it's almost like a catch-22 because like the more you try and be a role model, the worse of a role model you are because you're not being true to yourself. Yeah. In a weird way. Um, okay, our last question, which mm-hmm. is something we ask everyone, is what do you think is one lie you've been told about what it means to be a man or a woman? Hmm. we were discussing this in the office earlier because I was like oh I can't think of anything but I think 
mostly. It wasn't something I was specifically told, but growing up, it was always very men have these jobs, women have these jobs. There wasn't much of a kind of crossover or kind of oh but if you wanted to be a scientist you could so be a scientist yeah and I I really wish that that had been a bigger part of when I grew up in school I think and and now I think it it really is especially because there's books now and so many people are so much more open to the fact that any career can be with any gender yeah um but I think that is probably the biggest misconception of growing up. Yeah. For sure. Well, you're a part of that as well, because you're showing Thanks. that women can run their <laughs> businesses. Yes, I can. Um, thank you so much for talking to thank us. Thank you and for having thank me. Thank you for writing your amazing piece in the book. Thank you. Um, and everyone should read it. Yes, they should. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. If you've enjoyed it, or even if you didn't, we'd love to hear from you. So make sure you subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Feminists Don't Wear Pink and Other Lies, published by Penguin Random House, is available to buy now via the link in the description of this episode. All of the royalties from each book sold go to the amazing UN organisation Girl Up, who is supporting girls across the world. For more information and to join our gang, please follow us on Instagram at, at feminists. Thank you so much to Audio Boom for helping us get it out there and to the wonderful pink feminists who've joined us as guests. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com